Hello, you're listening to In The Mix, the podcast all about the Great British Bake Off. My name is Gria and I'm here with JP. Hello, hello. And we're going to talk about pastry this week, which is exciting. Um, But one of the things that I can't get my head around before we get on to talking fully about pastry is that we're over halfway through now. How has this happened? It's been so quick. I know. I know, we are, this is episode six, we've got four more left to go, we've got six bakers next week, yeah, six bakers next week. It's one of those things every year, we wait for Bake Off for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then all of a sudden you blink and you're halfway through the series. Um, Yeah, it's given us some great stuff so far this year, but I'm just really sad that it's nearly over. I know, I can't believe it. I thought something that was really funny is that Giuseppe said at the beginning that he didn't really expect to be in the tent for that long, so he didn't bring enough shirts, and he's just had to kept going out and buying shirts somewhere which I like so it's taken everyone by surprise even the bakers I think yes yeah I suppose you none of them come in feeling well I'm going to get there for the final but you need to be a bit more prepared Giuseppe come on I know exactly Um, we had a bit of bake-off news uh, last week which I thought I'd bring up because I also watch extra slice so we've got the bake-off on Tuesdays we've got our podcast and then we've got extra slice so bake-off is a gift that keeps on giving in our houses um, (laughs) and hopefully our listeners houses Um, but something that we learned from extra slice last week is that actually Christelle Lizzie and Freya all seem to be like the best of friends and Lizzie and Freya have actually got matching bake-off tattoos that they went and got they have a little whisk and uh gbbo i think written Mm. on their ankles which is quite sweet but yeah i love how they've turned into like best friends and they've been watching the shows together and everything and at the beginning of this week's episode i think it was christelle that was like right i said to lizzie we're gonna do this for freya yeah it's really nice do you know that's one of the things that all the way through the series you get really nice friendships with them and you still get on social media um the account like Val and Andrew I seem to remember from Candice's year you know they they every year you know one week or one week a year we'll we'll sit and watch Bake Off together sort of thing they have some really nice friendships and I suppose now that they're in the bubble as well there's even more reason to get on with everyone um I saw some social media posts about uh, there was one I saw yesterday of Lizzie Freya and Maggie doing a dance on TikTok um, (laughs) which she just posted up and I was like this is just brilliant this year I love it It's so good. I love that Maggie's in there. Maggie's on TikTok. She hasn't stuck to the traditional when it comes to our social media platforms. (laughs) So go Maggie. Um, One of the things that I enjoy doing before the episode starts is taking a look on the GBBO hashtag and seeing all of the snacks uh, and the bites to eat everyone's got and prepared and bought from the shop or whatever to eat along with Bake Off. And this Mm. week... You excelled in your Bake Off snack. (laughs) You sent me a photo of it on Twitter and our listeners can find it on the January Media on Twitter because you were actually baking this week. I did, yeah. See, this is the thing. I I like a themed snack for Bake Off, as you know. And uh, my girlfriend and I, when we watch the episodes on Tuesday, we like to have something themed. So German week, we were going to have pretzels. Um, Didn't manage to have pretzels. Can't remember what we had. But uh, bread week, we got some bread. Um, Cake week, we got some cake. And sometimes we will try and bake. But this week, we went out to the supermarket on Tuesday morning. And I was like, right, it's pastry week this week. I'm just going to buy some pastry. So I got a roll of puff pastry. And um, yeah, I got it back home and just I don't know what I'm going to make with it. Literally raided the cupboards and um, yeah, just ended up making pinwheels with like chocolate hazelnut spread inside um, and yeah, various different things. But yeah, it was nice. I, I love baking and I think when you've got the bake off on, it's a great excuse to, to 
do a little bit of baking and I sort of like sticking with the theme you're similar though you quite like a snack during bake-off I do like a snack during bake-off at the moment with the podcast and everything I haven't had a lot of time to get on baking <laughs> and I was very jealous when I saw yours I was like oh I can imagine it's gonna be nice and soft and warm and oh it's I just cute. I was jealous so uh, yeah I'd love to get back on to baking a few things I do like eating a snack with bake-off but I don't mm. necessarily have the discipline to theme it so I usually just go <laughs> right what, what chocolate am I in the mood for and at the moment I can't remember if I've spoken about this on the podcast already to you because I've been telling everyone about it but my new favorite chocolate bar and I think it eclipses pretty much most other chocolate bars I've ever eaten which is a lot if you know me I've I've (laughs) eaten most chocolate bars on the planet yeah exactly and this chocolate bar is amazing it is the new whisper um, hazelnut I want to say it's Whisper Gold. Ooh. Whisper Gold's the one with the caramel in, isn't it? So I feel like yeah. it's a Whisper Gold hazelnut because it's got Ooh. the caramel in there too. It does taste like Nutella. It is, it, it's exceptional. I, I can't not buy, you know, just one. I have to buy a few. I've not, I've not heard of that one. I'm going to have to go and find that because I like a Whisper Gold. I'm yes. a big fan. Um, oh, yeah, I've not tried that one yet. It's a yet. limited like, edition, I think. So make sure next time you're in the oh, shop, yeah. get it. You have to. This is not paid for, but if you want to pay me, Cadbury, then I will be a loyal <laughs> servant of yours. This is not a hashtag ad. <laughs> no. Um, but no, it made me laugh as well, because actually when we went to the shop yesterday, we also bought a malt loaf, which after oh. our prior conversations this series. What? <laughs> Why would you buy the malt loaf? It's like buying the mini rolls or the jelly or the raisins. I, I thought I wasn't a picky eater. I'm not really, but I do have a lot of strong well. food opinions on here. I know. I'm coming across as like I hate everything but something about me that I pride myself on is literally just eating anything. But yeah, yeah. but not malt, malt loaf. loaf. Malt loaf. Mm. I just, those pinwheels, I'm sorry, you had those. They were exceptional. Why get the malt they loaf? <laughs> they were good. I'm not going to lie. In fact, we've just finished the last one of them because we made sort of 15 little ones. We tear and share them as well. It's all oh, oh, so good. I want the more. dream. Living the dream. Living um, the dream. Talking about preferences when it comes to pastry and snacks, something that I needed to ask you is, have you A, ever heard of a shoe bun before? And B, have you ever eaten one before? Um, I have, yeah. So shoe uh, pastry, profiteroles and eclairs as well, traditional sort of chocolate eclairs, they're shoe pastry. So um, yeah, I have had shoe buns before. I think I meant to ask you whether you've had shoe donuts before, but my mouth ran away with me and said <laughs> buns. I meant donuts. Because <laughs> obviously, say. I've eaten an eclair, I've eaten shoe, shoe donuts. I was like, <laughs> I was just, like we'll sidestep that one, that's the it, teamwork we have. Yeah, here I know. It shows just how... Um, like weird shoe donuts are if i'm just thinking yeah. shoe buns i'm sorry i've never heard of shoe donuts obviously i've heard of shoe buns but shoe donuts yeah. I've, they are so weird and obviously it seems so wrong for me to say that i just went with the standard you shoe just, buns you were, and you, you were so polite you were so Thank just you. kind and polite <laughs> replying to that and i was like oh i've asked him a dumb question um but shoe donuts ha- have you a yeah. eaten them or heard of them ever before no, this is another one of the Great British Bake Off FA Cup styly tasks, I think. I've heard of Cronuts, the croissant yes. donuts. I've heard of those. Um, and I every now and then make scronuts, which Ooh. is when you have a scone and you take out the middle bit and there's like the ring around the outside. And I'm like, sod it, can't be asked to make another scone. So I just stick that on and turn it into a sconut. But um, shoe nuts? No, no. No. No, they're, they're mad. And the thing is, I didn't enjoy the little 
VTs or whatever, the interviews with Paul and Prue when they start doing the signature bake. They say, okay, this mm. week we're going to make shoe nuts or whatever. And everyone's cracking on. But then everyone is acting as if they know what they are. <laughs> Paul was like, if you've never heard of a shoe nut before, well, it's this. <laughs> and it's like, no, no one has heard of a shoe nut before. No Stop acting like you're better than us, Paul. It isn't bread week. So it really <laughs> got me annoyed. <laughs> So, I suppose now we're on the 12th series, they are going to start making things up because we're just running out of ideas, aren't we? I think um, so. Yeah, it was it was, it was was a strange one. I, to be fair, I liked the idea of the challenge. Me I liked too. the idea of the fact that they were deep frying shoe pastry. I've, I've not thought of that before. But yeah, I don't like it when they're like, oh, well, it's obviously this. Come on, you idiots. Uh, no, like, <laughs> admit you've made it up for the show. Exactly, please. they have completely. So I didn't enjoy being... Um, a little bit patronised by yeah. the uh, by the judges this week, you know. Oh, you mm. haven't eaten a shoe donut. Well, no, I can't even say the the phrase shoe donut. <laughs> it's that alien to me. It's um, just wrong. I know. So there are a few interesting elements to it. People had some really interesting flavours, obviously. Um, so they had to make two batches of the decorated shoe nuts. Six were had to had to be filled and six not so they had to be glazed or iced instead but it's always a worry I think to some people when they bring out the deep fat fryers on bake-off people think <laughs> is that really baking and you could see some yeah. of them were quite nervous around the fryers and others were like oh yes this is where I excel um Lizzie was one of the people that seemed quite terrified with the fact that she might have to have to fry her signature bake yeah, I mean, she was talking about the fact that shoe nuts were the devil's food. And I thought that was hilarious, considering, again, it had just been inverted 25 minutes before. Oh, I know. But it's like, already it's the devil's food. But um, yeah, I've, I've never seen somebody like that for a, a signature, particularly a technical. Usually we have, you know, puts the fear into them. But um, yeah, not with a signature one when they get the chance to practice when they're not watching Harry Potter DVDs. Exactly. Um, having said that, I... I do love the controversy when we get a bake which isn't a bake. Thinking about we had nan breads oh, at yep. a barbecue once, you know, and everyone was going, right, they're not even in the tent now. Like, what is going on? Bake Off has jumped every single shark out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I quite like social media and people's reactions when we do something a bit different. But I, um, yeah, I think deep fat frying was an interesting one, but it's not baking. No, it's true. And I thought that Lizzie's reaction, you do get two types of people in life. I think those that, you know, love using the deep fat fryer and then people who are just absolutely outraged. People are absolutely not. I've never had a deep fat fryer. It's so unhealthy or they're just scared that it will set a light, you know. So Lizzie, she seemed really put off by the fryer. But then, as you say, she really didn't like the idea of making a shoe nut you know, saying um, at the end after she made hers, I think Noel said, would you try yours, Lizzie? And she was like, absolutely not. They're horrible. So it was just a bit of a weird reaction, wasn't it? Like you say, everyone gets a bit worked up by the technical, but she she hated shoe nuts. Do you think that she's been she wronged did. by someone that was into shoe pastry or donuts or something before? Because <laughs> there's a grudge there that we need to know more about. It's, it's deep rooted, isn't it? And I loved Prue's reaction right at the end when she'd presented her shoe nuts and she'd got her feedback. And Prue was like, you're very fast sort of ruining my lifelong you know, mantra that anybody who loves baking can bake. And uh, she was like, you know, Lizzie hates this. It's ridiculous. But she, she did quite well in them, to be fair. She did quite well. And she was um, someone that did maybe a, a more normal flavour this week. Um, <laughs> raspberry liqueur. I don't even know what hibiscus is. I'm not even going to try and 
guess what that is. You probably hibiscus, know. You can get it's a uh, flower. I think is it because you can get hibiscus tea and. I was going to say like it's I think it's like a leaf a or a flowery thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so when a week when hibiscus isn't the weirdest flavour that has been used <laughs> is Not worrying. Many. No. Um, some more people that had sort of normal stuff was chigs with his chocolate pastry and lime gla- mm. lime glaze. So I guess like key lime pie kind of type thing. Um, he also did hazelnut praline. George did his sticky toffee pudding and then he had one with jam and cream as the filling. Um, but there were, I think, three people that had some really <laughs> interesting flavours. Now, the first Here one I'm going to talk about is Amanda. And I was quite <laughs> excited by her flavour combination. I'm not going to lie. She went with the sort of... Uh, sweet and savoury of maple syrup and bacon on her shoe nuts. What did you make of that? I like the idea. I like the fact that she was pushing it a little bit further. Shoe, pastry. I'm trying to think, like when I've had profiteroles and stuff, the pastry itself isn't usually that sweet. It's what you put on top or inside. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I thought, actually, that's that's really good. I loved it, though, because Prue, in her feedback, and Paul were like, yeah, there wasn't really enough of the bacon. And she was like, oh, well, I had tons left over. Well, then put it on the tuna. I mean, come I know. on. Stupid thing to say. What did she um, do with it? Did she just be snacking on bacon in the corner? Probably Noel and Matt with the snacking bacon. Yeah. You know what they're like. They're always eating stuff. Um, but yeah, I like the fact she went a bit out of the box with that one. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was quite good. And that is a flavour that I would try because I guess you have maple syrup and bacon on pancakes. So I was like, mm, yeah, I could see that mm. one working quite well. Um Someone that I I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but she did sort of describe it quite well as Christelle. And she was doing a bit of a twist on the uh, standard salted caramel that everyone loves. And she was trying to make a miso caramel. And she described it as being umami, which they all took the mick out of. But I get (laughs) what she means. Umami. I I get what she means. So (laughs) I, I I don't know what it would taste like, to be honest, but I imagine it would be quite good. Salted caramel is excellent. And... Yeah, you know, it could have been. I'd all like right. to give. I'd like to give it a go. I um, there's another cooking show that we talk about sometimes because I'm a big fan. It's Great British Menu, which yes. is on BBC. And last series, one of them did a, a miso caramel, like a sort of fudge, as one of their dishes, and it went down an absolute storm. And ever since then, I was like, I need to try it, and you know, try and work out how to do it. And it's appearing in more and more places actually. Um, so yeah, I had a look when I was out in Japan because obviously me so big in Japan didn't have yep. any out there. I was a bit disappointed, but um, yeah, I think having now. I mean, we've now got miso because, as you said a minute ago, I just seem to have all of the pretentious ingredients in my yep. fridge. Um, yeah, miso is a nice stuff. So I can imagine how it would go well with the sweetness and be different from salted caramel. But um, yeah, she was brave with that one because you can get that wrong. Yeah, definitely. She was brave. And I think, as you say, if it's something that you, you can see on these you know, cooking shows, it might become one of those trendy type ingredients that people can get when they're out now. So it might be one to have a little watch, you know, salted caramel. Mm. That started coming into the mainstream, didn't it? And now it's everywhere and everyone literally loves it. It's everyone's favorite flavor. So miso yeah. caramel, that could actually, you know, start trending and be out there in the public <laughs> consciousness. It might. There's potential. There is. One day it will land. Exactly. And you already mentioned Japan because I was looking forward to this bit because uh, you were out for the Olympics this year in Japan. And I need to ask you about Jürgen's flavor combinations this week on his shoe nuts (laughs) because he went with, uh, I've heard of yuzu, I've heard of sake. um, But the thing that I haven't heard of is the bright purple filling that he put in his shoe nuts. (laughs) 
I know. Now, I was watching this bit and I thought, I don't really know what's going on here. First of all, purple, favourite colour. Loved the colour of it. And I thought visually great. Having said that, was it Amanda a few weeks ago that made some very bright, garish, coloured something? And I was like, it's like Halloween. Yeah, it was Lizzie. She did did a purple and she did a green. So it was like taking a leaf out of Lizzie's book, really, with this. Um, But it was Mm. Ube, I think, what they called it. Um, And yeah, it was apparently a purple yam. And I'm looking at it now and it says that it's uh, big in the Philippines. But I assumed Mm. wrongly that it was Japanese because of the yuzu and the sake as well. But yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was it was really bright purple. Noel Fielding was really impressed. I could see him wearing a jumper of that color at some point. It was very him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very on Jürgen like. We've talked to him about him before being very traditional and quite proper when it came yeah. to, you know, intricate bakes and being, you know, that very nice German festive feel. But this purple was mm. completely out there. Zany <laughs> is what I'd call it. <laughs> it was so zany and just not Jürgen whatsoever. Um, and it was weird because being the first bake of the episode, it did make me think, like, what is he on this week? Like, is he okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they look, to be fair, I thought they looked a bit messy. Um, and we've spoken about the fact that he's quite traditional with his bakes and you say very, almost quite mathematical with it. And he showed that later on with the technical. But he, yeah, he likes to go for very conservative, calm decoration which i critiqued him for back in biscuit week with his gingerbread windmill and it, you yep. know for me it didn't have enough on it so yeah he went completely the other way this week and i was like what on earth are you doing but again you know he got good feedback exactly i feel like jürgen yeah. was was exploring a, a different side of his personality this week that maybe we hadn't <laughs> seen before so i thought that was good um, one of the other things that kept coming out it started in the signature challenge there were a few innuendos and it is an innuendo heavy episode and i mean actually it's not innuendo anymore as we talk about regularly you know there was jokes about as paul ever licked a muffin the other week i'm sorry i don't need that imagery but another image that i definitely (laughs) definitely don't need and we didn't need to hear it when most people in the world were watching bake off and eating their snack was prue really describing how she sort of pipes into her shoe nuts and her shoe buns um yeah and I don't even want to repeat it. It was about holes no. and yeah. Two it holes. Was just... That's that's all I'm going with. It's yeah. just And it didn't it feel a little bit scripted as well. It's it funny felt very forced. Oh. Yeah, the innuendo back in the Melon Sue days were you know, the innuendos were quite they flowed and you just thought, Okay, yeah. that's that's they literally were... one of them's just come up without funny. Yeah. BBC innuendos, that's what it was. Yes. And that and that's okay. But um yeah, I don't know, that, that bit yesterday, I mean, I did love Paul and Matt's reaction to that and them just sort of giggling away, you know, it was good. Uh, and a very little outtake as well, because then Paul started sort of judging, but he stopped and sort of wiped his eyes quickly and then almost like retook the shot again. And I was like, oh, it's interesting that they showed us that. that yeah. Was, uh, yeah, strange, because obviously it's supposed to be also spontaneous and off the cuff and you could see he went for a second take. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was a scarring moment that I, I'm really glad you haven't got a clip to play me because I was dreading no. that moment today. I was like, thank the Lord you haven't. No, it was horrendous. <laughs> I just, it did feel a bit weird because yeah, she was describing piping and her technique, but I'm sorry, mm. like, she surely she knows that that was 
Like she picked the words. She did pick the words, I imagine, to make it sound a little bit rude. But it was, okay. it, I mean, it was very rude. I wouldn't want to have had to describe that to my family members about what that meant. You know, it was too far. It wasn't sort of quaint melon sue innuendo. It was like, oh, okay, Prue is graphically <laughs> describing something that I don't want to talk about. Um, and yeah, it was funny. I think the, the best bit, as you say, was Paul and Matt's reaction. It was the crying. The fact that Paul cries when he laughs, like I do. I, I warmed to him slightly on that bit. But it just He's set human. him off for the rest of the episode. Everything. He talked about Giuseppe's meat later on and just started yep. crying. It was like... <laughs> It was one of those things, you know, when someone makes a joke in a lesson at school and you weren't meant to laugh and then it became the funniest thing that would ever happened to you. And uh, yeah. it just reminded me of that. Paul wouldn't <laughs> stop laughing the whole time. No. And usually that's me as the teacher in a lesson that's making those jokes. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so <not good. laughs> no. So let's move on to the technical challenge this week. And it was a bit of a big one. People were talking about it because it seemed a bit unfair, really difficult, and it really tested the bakers this week. So they had to make large baklava with phyllo pastry, pistachio and walnut filling, and it had to have a starred design on the top. And this is the first time that they've ever done phyllo pastry in the tent for a technical challenge. And you could see in the bakers' reactions just how much of like an ache this would be for them. It was just going to yeah. be like the worst thing. Christelle, I think, had head in hands when it was announced. Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was one of those moments, it felt sort of monumental in, in 12 series that all of a sudden we've got Philo, and we were joking last week of how many times the word rough puff would be mentioned, because usually we have a rough puff pastry or a hot water crust for the technical yep. in pastry week, and uh, yeah, so when it was Philo, it absolutely blew, you know, out of the water really, but I think this was one of those moments, and we sort of discussed it at home, about the time limit, because... Yep. You know, you, you get the the bake and you know it's going to be the baklava and it looks brilliant. You go to the tent with Paul and Prue or Prue and Holly as it was this week. And uh, it was weird. Not and even then, funny. Um, They've also said jockstrap this week, which was interesting. So yes. what are they on? I was like, where, where are we going with this? Um, but yeah, they went to the tent and they looked at it and it looked like the, the example was brilliant. But I can guarantee they didn't make it in the two and three quarter hours or whatever it was that they had. And we were talking about it here at home because we were saying, you know, do they put the time limit in to make it easier to judge? Because if they all had enough time, they'd all probably be much of a muchness at this stage in the competition. So seven of the same baklava would be really hard to judge. Um, but like none of them really, without giving too many spoilers of results ahead of time, had the, the lamination. We love that word in pastry yes. week. It's all about the wooden floors. Um, they didn't have the lamination for the, uh, on, particularly on the bottom of the baklava. And I was like, well, they haven't really been able to do it because they didn't get the time, which was, I don't know, it was a bit unsatisfying. But I don't know about you, but I found that quite unsatisfying. Yeah, exactly. I think because they were so sort of shocked that they were going to have to make phyllo pastry, that this is where the sort of stresses began. Because it was a very stressful, like, second half of the episode, really. Um, yeah. And... Well, everything went mad, you know, later on in the showstopper, everything went mad. Um, and I just think that it was a really difficult one. Um, and George, this is when his sort of hilarious lines began, really, for me, um, because he said, right, let's be confident. It will be in my DNA because he's Greek Cypriot. And he was like, right, yeah. I should know how to make baklava. Um, and then Amanda also, she has Greek Cypriot heritage, too. So she was quite like, right, OK, I'm going to do it. Um, 
but that just sort of shows that how much of a monumental challenge it was going to be. Um, George is very, very amusing. I feel like he was coming out of his shell quite a bit this week, maybe a bit more than usual. He hasn't really had enough screen time, but he was saying mm. some really funny stuff. And uh, obviously he was trying to crack on with his baklava, but there was a point, I think it was in the signature, just when he couldn't even open the tongs that he was using. They were sort of, you know, sometimes your tongs have a like mechanism that means you can actually put them away in a drawer so you don't get them stuck or whatever. Um, and he just couldn't, he was stood there next to Paul and it was so embarrassing. And I <laughs> so feel like good. I'd been in a situation like that before where you're next to the person when someone's watching you, you know, like a driving test and you suddenly forget how to do everything. You couldn't even mm. open the tongs. So I know. George, I don't know how he thought he was going to make an excellent baklava or the showstopper later if that was how he was beginning the episode. <laughs> Um, but there are a few mishaps too in this Lizzie she forgot to put her timer on when doing the baklava as well so it was it was really shaking people up and worrying them I think that they had to do the filo yeah I you know what my tip I said this my tip I think if you forget to put a timer on for a bake particularly in the technical when you're all doing the same thing don't be the first person to get it out the oven because she Lizzie was like okay well like, oh, I forgot my timer great and then she was the first one out and it's like well if you didn't start your timer, unless you put yours in like five, ten minutes before everybody else, why are you getting yours out first? Like, wait for other people to yeah. get theirs out or pay attention to who's putting it in the same sort of time as you. I, I did sit there and think, and obviously in the feedback, it was then that hers was, um, you know, not really cooked enough and needed more time in the oven. I was like, well, yeah, because she was the first one out and she definitely wasn't the first one in. So, um, yeah, I was like, I suppose it is the stress, isn't it, of the tent and in those Absolutely. situations. But her face when she was like, oh, I think I've put the timer on for... Oh, no, wait, I've not put the timer on at all. I was not going to attempt the accent. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, she was like, oh, yeah, just oh, totally forgot that. You know. I wonder if they, they noticed, you know, walking around, the producers noticed she hadn't put the timer on. So we're like, right, go ask her how long's <laughs> left. I bet I bet they do see stuff like that. Um yeah, it was it was just mad. And I think that was quite a good idea, really, you know, watching. I know you're not meant to, like, confer and talk to people about mm. what you're doing, but watching to see who's taken theirs out of the oven first and stuff. You must know when you're baking, you must have, like, sort of glanced and gone, oh, Chiggs has put his in as well or whatever. So you know yeah. who's next to you and what timings they're sort of on so you can kind of do it too. Um, mm. Or you could have just, while it's in the oven and someone else is waiting for theirs in the oven, you could have gone, oh, yeah, how long have you got left on yours? And they're like, oh, 20 <laughs> minutes. What about you? Oh, yeah, same. You know, you could, same, have just, yeah. you could have just done that. I know you're not allowed to talk about it, <laughs> but that's not giving away the recipe. Um, and I enjoyed someone else's uh, frustration this week too in the technical, and that was Giuseppe, uh, when he said yeah. the funny, 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 funny phrase of it's a hassle but it didn't sound like hassle because he didn't say huh he made it sound rude as well he didn't and it, there was that brilliant moment where i was like so obviously this year's series has been plagued with technical issues because of the red b media fire like five weeks ago so we haven't had subtitles we had an episode which <laughs> looked like it had gone through gamma radiation yeah. we had um an episode where the voiceovers were done from a separate tent 35 miles away Love it sounded it. like cause it was so quiet and honestly i thought this week that they'd forgotten to put the beep over it because <laughs> i heard it as a swear word as well i was like yeah. oh my god i was like it's not before it's not it's before nine o'clock oh dear i was like oh it's gonna go crazy with ofcom but um 
Yeah, it was also Matt Lucas's face when literally yeah. Giuseppe explained that it was Hassel with an H. Uh, oh, it was that I think was probably my funniest moment of the episode. I know. So, so it it good. made me laugh so much. And it was Matt Lucas's reaction too. I think yeah. it's funnier when they react because he did, he sort of like was taken was aback. That, Maybe Giuseppe okay. isn't one for actually swearing or saying anything like that. <laughs> so he looks really like, oh my God, what has Giuseppe just said? You know, right on camera. Um, I loved it. it what a good mm. joke. I thought you were going to say, can you imagine the uh, subtitlers having to uh, type that in and accidentally writing asshole <laughs> instead of hassle? Um, due to the technical difficulties that would have been good too um but if you've shaken giuseppe you know that the baklava technical is definitely a difficult one um Mm. let's talk about jürgen for a little bit because you know we love jürgen but there was just a moment i know there was just a (laughs) moment in this technical challenge where i got a bit of a disliking for him i know that's going to make people turn the podcast off please don't keep listening um I know, don't. Come on, keep us company. Um, but there was a moment where they had to do their lovely star design and I think have pistachios on top in different sections. And everyone was looking at it and it was really intricate going, how on mm. earth am I meant to transfer that onto the top of my baklava? Chiggs even said it out into just like the random room and no one was there. And then Noel kind of had to come in and go, what are you talking to me? Um, but Jürgen stood there and was like, well, it's easy, isn't it? This is, I can't even remember what he said. This is like, 20 centimetres or whatever and, and, and this, this is 30, 30. you just, is it, you just is, scale it up yeah is Easy, it simple you know? really and I was like mm, <laughs> is it simple really we know you're a very accomplished engineer or I think he's an engineer um Jürgen but everyone else in the tent <laughs> it's a very British thing I think to just absolutely not understand maths <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's a physicist. Sorry. Physicist. Um, physicist. Yeah, similar. Um, yeah, it's funny because obviously we just spoke before the podcast about this bit and because, uh, you know, we don't just speak for this one hour a week. But um, it was, I, I, I couldn't pinpoint the moment when you said that because you said that you had that sort of feeling. Yeah. But now you've said that, I'm like, yeah, I can get what you mean. I know what you mean. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. He's one of those. He's adorable. And you just want to squidge his cheeks, really. Um, you know, which you shouldn't do with a grown man. But hey, ho. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, there was that moment where it's like, well, you know, not everyone is going to get that. Just just hold your yeah. horses. Um, having said that, I... I did the typical armchair baker thing of looking at that and going, oh, it's easy. You know, you just, you just do it into eights and then you just work section by section past math teacher, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did the same thing and I was like, oh yeah, I'd be hated too if I did that. <laughs> in the tent, wouldn't I? It's easy. Um, yeah. But it was, it was good. And then of course there was the big dilemma of if you score into the pastry or if you cut right, I mean like Chiggs was basically cutting the slices of his baklava before he even started, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, it was. I just I just think Jürgen, he comes out with like good one liners when they made a joke earlier on, a Paul saying, I think in the signature, oh, save a, a, a bottle of German beer for me or something. And he really <laughs> didn't kind of get the joke. And he just went, oh, well, I'm afraid I haven't bought any with me. So you felt <laughs> really sort of like kind of like, oh, Jürgen, you know, you're so endearing. Oh. But then he was like, this maths is really, really easy, you know. I'm, and then he has a little <laughs> smile that he puts on that. Okay, he's kind of cute, but I, it's a bit smug. And I'm, I'm starting yeah. to sort of not be Team Jürgen. I've always been Team Giuseppe for the winner if it's going to be out of the two. But Jürgen, it was a bit grating. I was thinking, hmm, 
You're slightly mm. annoying me now. Is that the very <laughs> is that the very like British thing that we do when people get too good, we oh, start yeah. disliking them? You know, the James Corden thing. Oh, you know, we found you. You were overweight and hilarious in Gavin and Stacey, but now you're in America excelling. We hate you. Is that exactly. is that what I'm starting to do? I think I think that's what we do. I mean, you know, you know, James Corden is a sore point for me because there's another James. I want his success. You know, I'm overweight and British and <laughs> not succeeding in L.A. One but, of those um, statements is not true. The succeeding no, in L.A. Um, you said three. So okay, fair two enough. are not true. Um, two are not true. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm not succeeding in L.A. Sorry, I made me laugh. Um, <laughs> not at the <laughs> moment. One day. One, one day. day. <laughs> when we take um, in the mix international. <laughs> Yes. Oh, why don't we do international version? Anyway, okay. sidetrack. Um, but yeah, um, I it, it's tricky because I'm I'm more Team Jurgen. I find that element in Giuseppe a little bit, and I really like Giuseppe. I think he's a great baker. But I don't know. There's just something that I just I think most people fall one side or the other of yeah. the two, um, and I. I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky this year because, as always, like we like all the bakers and they choose people who have got a great story who you can get to know. And we said that in the first episode. But this year, I don't know. There's just a couple that I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want you to win almost. You know? <laughs> yeah. I won't name names, but that, oh, that, name that's names. never happened before. But no, no, to be fair, I think I'd be happy with anyone. And so Giuseppe's, um, uh, no, I'm thinking of the third challenge, but his third challenge was incredible and uh i don't know i think it'd be lovely for him to win for his boys or I Jürgen know. for his rabbit so oh, you know humphrey it's humphrey <laughs> that's why we love him really humphrey i know rabbit. his house rabbit um it does remind me you know the slightly uh, team Jürgen or team giuseppe it reminds me of that terrible time when i was in school and people started reading twilight and it was are you team edward or mm. team jacob um yeah and yeah, it's just not not good. Um, Jurgen did get first place in the technical this week. You know, he did. smug. Well, well deserved <laughs> probably, but smug. Um, and Lizzie, she came last because, as you say, she didn't follow your expert trick of seeing who else is taking their baklava <laughs> out of the oven. So I know. it's so much easier to say when you're sitting watching it at home because I know that if I was in the tent which, you know, I'd love one day. I can imagine I would be flapping like crazy. So <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made it to week six. Let's put it that far. Um, but yeah, no, it was a shame with Lizzie, particularly after she did so well in the signature, which she hated. Yeah. She then, yeah, it was a bit of a tricky one for technical. Coming into the Showstopper Challenge, we had Amanda, who was on thin ice, Lizzie and George. So it was the three of them. We weren't really sure, you know, how it was going to go. And they really had to have a good technical to keep them in, I think, because they were, they were, all three of them were sort of wavering. Um, the showstopper this week was an intricate terrine pie and you had to have an ornate pastry decoration and a brilliant decoration inside with the filling. And I cannot believe that they were given four and a half hours to make this terrine. It was such a long time. I know, it felt like a very... So can you just put like half an hour of that onto the technical, please? Exactly. We have this though, every year we have a couple of really long bakes and you think, oh, I would get so bored in the tent because a good amount of time with that, considering the pies were quite like stocky, they were big, thick pies, they would have taken ages to cook. 
I know they they would they would have done, and a few people were having a bit of trouble with the cooking times. Um, <laughs> but four and a half hours, and it started off tipping it down in the tent. They did say, "Well, we literally can't hear ourselves think, but it's raining, and we've got to carry on." So you're in the rain making a pie. I think Giuseppe was like, "This is the sort of weather we'd need a nice roaring open fire and everything, not to be making a terrine or having any of this stress." So nice. mad, and then I it know. was uh, then. We had a little bit of speculation, didn't we, when Freya left, um, saying, well, maybe Pastry Week, she's been got out at the right time because maybe they're going to have a meat challenge. And they did have a meat challenge. Mm. Yeah, it's like we knew this was coming. Um, having said that, I think she would have been quite interesting in this one because I think she would have um, gone for something not meat. I'm thinking Christelle, she had like, um, didn't she have sweet potato curry or something yep. in one of her? So, so, you know, I think there would have been a, a way for her to do that. But yeah, it's very interesting that straight away, the week after we have, what I said, the pork pie challenge, which exactly. is essentially what this was. Yeah, <laughs> I was every, like, yes! Everyone's got their sausage meat out and everything. There's beef oh, and pork and, come on, there's beef and pork. <laughs> Afraid doesn't want to be around that. As soon as she left the tent, there was no. just bowls of meat everywhere. It seems very yeah. odd. Yeah, it was it was a strange one, but I, I don't know. I quite like the idea of it, and I always like the challenges like this, where they have the um, like the cross section cuts, where you have to have a, a design going through. They've done that with cakes before, and I think they've done that with a pie or something similar before. Um, yeah, I always like those challenges because you sort of you see the outside, and then it's like, oh, is it going to work inside? Yeah, or not? yeah. I lo- so I love this challenge. This was a really good one. It was good, and everyone had quite a, an interesting and un- unique take on the flavors and their designs. Um, one person who did a good design that went all the way through she wasn't sure if it was going to work or not was Lizzie and she did potato mm-hmm. fishes going away th- going away Love going that. all the way through her her pie um I like how they called it a Neptune pie uh, is that yeah. a thing that people call fish pies I guess um but I, I liked know, that it's going to be now everybody's going to take off it is I really liked it rather than fish pie sounds a bit meh, boring yeah. but ne- we're gonna oh. have a Neptune pie for dinner oh yes Ooh. lovely yes please <laughs> Um, so Lizzie did well. She had salmon, ricotta, spinach, and she did a bit of a glittery fish design on the top, which I quite liked as well. Looks so good. Lovely pastry work on top with the scales of the tail and a little trident. Yeah. Do, do you know what? She had, she was the one who had to save herself. And I was so impressed with what she did for this one. Um, as you said a few times, Lizzie, she just keeps, she's ticking along in that middle ground. She's in that sort of Amanda george group yeah um, but she pulls out some absolute blinders sometimes yeah and she did pull it out the bag with the neptune pie it looked mm. so good and it looked it looked good inside and on top and a few people yeah. they did sort of not as much decoration and so it didn't look as good and that is someone um chiggs who actually did that i thought he his idea was good. He had lots of pork. It was his sort of paying homage to the Leicester pork pie and everything. And it had gherkins and apricots and chicken in there as well. Um, but it didn't look great inside. And the lattice work on top wasn't as good. So Lizzie, she no. really came from sort of the bottom. Well, yeah, actually the bottom at the technical. And her yeah. shoe nuts were okay. But then she just did amazing decoration. Whereas Chiggs mm, could have done a bit better, I thought. Yeah, I agree. He uh, His lattice work on top was sort of a little bit wonky. And it was, yeah, for someone like me who loves that cross-section of the pie in these challenges, literally, they cut through and it was, I mean, it was a brick of pork. It was a breeze block, almost. Oh, you know, God, it was. would not have appreciated this one at all. No. Um, there and were a there few like, peas in there. I, literally, it's like, <laughs> like you, you cut into it and then there's like a couple of peas. Um, and that was about all we had in there. And I was like, oh, it's just... <laughs> 
two peas and a little yeah. rectangle of something white. I, yeah, I lost track of his. No. But it was just a hunk of meat. It was it crazy. Was. It, was, it was amusing. Um, <laughs> and Chigs, you just have to put his next to Lizzie's. And then someone else that did such a beautiful design was Giuseppe, as you said earlier. Was his was unbelievable. He created yeah. an owl because his wife's apparent favourite uh, bird and animal is an owl. Um, and he had in it cauliflower, Dutch cheese, carrot, ham, spinach, beef, pecorino cheese, loads. I've just written a list. But I mean, it looked <laughs> excellent. I mean, that's probably the best thing I've seen baked on top of a pie before. Yeah, so good. And just, you know, as Prue said, that you could tell it was an owl straight away. It was quite a simple design. He'd used um, sort of shaped areas to make it. He had these brilliant poppy seed eyes for it and everything as well. It was, yeah, it looked outstanding and it didn't need lots of color and stuff on top as well and some of them went for um you know like lizzie's with the tail on top you know go, went with color his looked um more classic i suppose um but it just yeah it was so so effective and uh i to be fair i think for me looking over all of them that was probably the best pie in the showstopper round hands down i thought yeah it was excellent yeah. It was so, so good. And mm. what is something that we have to watch out for this week? Soggy bottoms and Giuseppe's. <laughs> his his just looked perfect. That side when he took yeah. it out the tin, I was like, oh my God, that's literally like, if you had to draw a pie, that's exactly what you want so, it to look like. It was perfect. Yeah. There was I no know. cracks, no, no juice coming out everywhere like <laughs> some of them. Um, his was just amazing. I'm, I'm just still daydreaming of it. It was that good. Mm. I know, it was lovely. And you even got the cross-section too, which was hard in a circular pie because obviously they're going to cut a wedge. So he was sort of piping things in, you know, sort of in, in circles inside. Yeah, so clever, so clever. So good. I think we have to talk about um, the two people that were sort of... Mm, mm, yeah not having a great time with uh, pastry week really um it's george and amanda because both of them they seem to have both really misjudged the timings and george seems to have been doing that quite a lot amanda she just got completely carried away with her decoration so she was doing a chicken pate sausage with floral decorations but she also made little pork pigs which were really really cute and i, I liked those. the pork pigs but yeah, she was too. really placing like individual little things on the bacon and then on the top like really small intricate things and she did say that at home her husband gets really frustrated because he's like i want to eat the pie now but you're still decorating it and yeah she took a long time to decorate so she she had to keep us in the oven longer that was the thing really mm. wasn't it um george and amanda they had to keep it in the oven longer whereas everybody else had that time to put it in the fridge to cool down so they could take it out the mold but george and amanda they were still looking into the oven, whereas everyone else was standing near a complete pie. Yeah, it's that age-old thing that we have in Bake Off of if you don't get it prepped and in the oven quickly, you're screwed, really. From <laughs> And there's just no coming back from it. And it was a real shame because both of them, I, I liked the stories behind them. I liked the idea of the flavours. And, you know, Prue and Paul both said that they love the flavours in there. But... Um, yeah, it's just that moment and you're just like, oh. But at the same time, as you and I have said every week, we haven't had any huge drama this year. And so to have that this week, there is that moment of they're like, oh. And you could see as Amanda was taking or trying to take her pie out the mould and sort of, it was great because the pie came out the bottom and then the top of the pie stayed on top of the, yeah. the tin. And you're like, oh 
god you're like no it's finally happening um yeah i felt gutted for both of them but uh at the same time make great tv exactly it was so good and it was like (laughs) giuseppe was stood there going like this literally hand over mouth shocked terrified and lizzie was looking over as well and she said it's like open heart surgery um Mm. and i thought there were a few interesting things about baking the pie obviously putting it in the fridge or the freezer to cool down so you can get it out the tin i didn't really think of that but also i didn't think about having these little chimneys in the top for the steam to come out people were putting like the end of their piping bags in or making a tinfoil little thing and i think i mean that was really interesting i wouldn't have even thought of it but Amanda, when she was trying to take hers out of the tin, she didn't really think that the pastry had sort of cooked onto the top of the tin. So she didn't sort of trim it or anything. She just tried to lift it off. And because it was stuck on there on the top, the top, as you say, completely came off with it. And I don't know what she was expecting because, well, maybe she just thought, oh, the time's running out. I need to get the lid the pie out of the tin but yeah she she just it looked like she just broke it and then she was trying to be very quick to slam it back on um yeah. and i just think it made a lot more of a mess and chiggs bless him he did go along and help and you could see he really wanted he to did. help her and make it okay but she he was like this is hot amanda i'm holding it but it's boiling <laughs> yeah. and burning my hands <laughs> i'd still like to have fingerprints at the end of this um yeah it was a shame but it's funny because the, the tins they had sort of had almost like hinges so you could open them up and that's where george came unstuck with his he sort of took one side off and it sort of collapsed and then he tried taking the other side off he left the bottom on it completely yeah um but amanda seemed to just forget that and be like oh yes i'll just i'll, I'll just let it slide through no it's got like th- th- for a reason and yeah she i think just as you say in the blind panic of having i think it was less than 10 minutes to get it out and ready um yeah she just went for it and went the wrong way about it which was a real shame because uh, i liked the idea i like george's one with his sort of decoration on the outside with the black swirls and everything but yeah execution for both of them was just a little bit off the mark i know and i think george's i love the sound of his because i'm a big fan of christmas and he did a mm. christmas dinner terrine yeah, and so he had like this uh, massive bacon laid out and some carrot and he was wrapping his sausage in that and then he had duck and turkey stuffing amazing um but something that i thought was you know foreboding foreshadowing i guess his end yeah. result was when he rolled up his sausage and he wanted it to sort of be a bit um thicker or you know like it was solid so it went into his terrine and uh, he put it in the fridge or the freezer and mm. forgot about it and so i've just written down in my notes george froze his sausage exclamation mark because <laughs> it came out and paul was looking you could see and he was holding it like oh god this is a lot more frozen than i thought it was going to be so yeah. that was one of the issues at the beginning but then there was a moment when he put his in the oven and bearing in mind he was late putting it in the oven he was looking and he needed to repair something. I, I couldn't even really work out what he was repairing, but he had that dilemma no. of should he take it out the oven or just leave it in there? And he decided to take it out the oven and put extra bits of pastry on the top. I know. I, I can't remember. What it, I think he was trying to do something with the egg wash. He put too much egg on top or something. But he, yeah, it was that thing of, and it was great because he was sort of articulating it and going, do I take it out? Do I leave yeah. it in? Do I take it out? And literally we're all at home going, leave it in the oven. Like seriously, <laughs> just leave it in the oven please and as soon as he takes it out everyone just face palmed as a nation um but you know he he wanted to do it he thing is with george is that some of his have been really really messy if we think back to the first couple of weeks he had the you know sort of mini roll the little swiss rolls or whatever it was um but they looked atrocious and 
he's really tried with that all the way through and so i think he was slightly more focused on that and he thought well, you know a couple of minutes to make it look better um particularly as there's been a lot of talk about lizzie and finesse earlier on in the episode george probably thought if i can try and finesse this a bit and just get it right then this could stand me in good stead but he just didn't have the time he really didn't and as you say, when he went to take it out of the oven and try and get it out of the tin, he ended up leaving the bottom part of the tin on it to sort of help with its structure. Um, but I also liked the moment when he tried to prop up one side with the knife block. I thought yeah. that was a uh, ambitious thing to try and do. Um, but he did manage to sort of save his pie slightly by leaving it in the tin. Whereas Amanda, mm. she did get it out, but the side completely collapsed. So it was sort yeah. of who was going to do the worst, Amanda or George. And I, I feel like there might have been a tiny bit of sabotage in there because there was a moment when, I don't know why, Amanda tried to start getting George to dance, to do like a Greek dance. And she was like, come on, George, you know, let's go. And... They did start to dance, but I was like, you both have a lot to do right now. Was she trying yeah. to be like, I can see George is struggling. I know I'm struggling. How can I distract George? Because she was very, very talkative. It was a bit like the Amanda show this week. Mm. There were lots of jokes, lots of sort of odd uh, quips and things. And then she did start dancing. And I thought, is she trying to take George away from his bake <laughs> so hers looks better? Genius. Genius technique. Um yeah, it, it was a strange one. And funny enough, it's something we've spoken about a lot over the years of uh, I knew that there was potential for Amanda or George to go home this week yeah. because they have more coverage than they ever had before. Like we learned a lot more about George. He was, you know, we had a lot more time at his bench. Amanda was dancing around the place and being a completely different person to what we've seen. So, yeah, I, I, I sort of got that foreboding feeling then of like, oh, one of them's going home. Don't know who I it's going to be. But you, you can tell, can't you, at this point? Yeah, it sets it up. Like last week, Freya was getting all the screen time. And I wonder if other people if they're just casual sort of watchers of the bake of just enjoy it, you know, aren't doing a podcast or thinking too much about it. Do they notice <laughs> that? Because it seems so obvious. Cause when, I mean, next week I'm going to start watching it and I'm going to text you who's getting the most screen time at the beginning <laughs> to who's going to go because yeah, it is right. It does kind of make you think, ah, okay, now I can see mm. who's probably going. And a few years ago we, we talked about, you know, when they were announcing who was going to leave, it was always the sort of same camera progression, you know, like the first person, who was, you know, on screen as soon as they started saying, and the person that goes out this week is, and then the person that's on camera then is usually yeah. the person that goes, because then they cut to like three people, and then when it's announced, it's back to that first person. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I wonder if other people notice that. I know, it's these little things that we notice just because we've seen so many episodes. But you're right, the best, if you're in that thing of like the person going home this week, the place you want to be is the last person before they then say who it is because yeah. it's then not you. Exactly. <laughs> like, we know that to be true. We know how it works. Um, one part that I quite liked when they were tasting the showstoppers is when they got to George's, um, there was a bit of worry that the sausage because it had been frozen yes. and it had been taken out the oven and everything that it wasn't cooked and George who's quite humble and quite reserved and quite quiet sometimes he fought back a little bit and I liked it because Paul mm. was like I'm not quite sure if this sausage is cooked and he was like I've probed it three times Paul it says it's 92 degrees you know yeah. he's very like I have done it Paul you're not gonna die so <laughs> I like that side of George yeah there was a real bit of firing up there um and 
Yeah, I, I did like that bit when it's like, yeah, you're not going to die. It's fine. I've checked it. You know, I'm not a completely irresponsible baker here, Paul. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it was just all mushy in the middle, which they didn't like. Both of them sort of, Paul and Brew both just sort of turned their nose up and like, mm, no. Well, it was just like a large wad of sausage meat, though. So like, I yeah. guess it would be like that. There's not going to be like a crispy outer bit or anything. It is just going to be like a stodgy bit of sausage in the middle because it was a large sausage that he'd made. Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think we need to talk, obviously, about the person who really excelled in the showstopper this week. And that was Christelle. She's been going so well throughout the whole time. And she's been really good with her details and her flavor combinations. But it was because it was a very sort of emotional and family driven bake for her this week that I think she did well. So she did yeah. to dedicated to her late great grandmother, who they called Lily Nana, which I thought was really sweet. Um, she made a terrine but in the shape of her house her cottage little flowers on the door and everything which was so lovely and she had two different types of curry i think in there um it said peanut cumin cumin potato curry chicken pickling spices and chili powder and yeah i think there was some sweet potato in there too um and it was just a really different thing from everyone else and they said at the mm. beginning paul and prue that actually it was quite brave to do like a curry pie because that she might have too much liquid in there it might not necessarily work and it just looked lovely and i love the emotional story i was a bit of a sucker for the yeah. this is for my late great grandmother if it's anything about nans i'm like oh yeah nans okay you can win <laughs> <laughs> just just take it just take it yeah no i was the same i got a bit emotional actually when they were judging Aww. in the end um but no i thought she was brave because you say curry or anything like that that's very wet can really um, compromise pastry having said that this year we had some major issues then like juices like leaking out the sides of the pies because they put so much meat into them whereas yeah. actually for christelle she used chicken which is obviously really lean and you don't get a lot of moisture out of anyway and lots of curry which she could make first and reduce down and get rid of some moisture so i think she played it quite cleverly there and it was as you say, it was very very different came with a great story it looked fantastic but and i've got to admit this because There's channel four got me on this because last week on the preview and we love the preview. It's like literally my favourite bit of the show. Forget yeah. the Bake Off. I just love the preview. <laughs> the last five um, seconds. <laughs> it's the best bit. Um, it's, honestly, it's the bit where I'm most animated in the whole episode. Um, but it was... They, they did the sort of thing of what's coming up next week. And there was that moment in there last week where the pie was on the table. And then they have the shot of Christelle. And then Paul goes, have you seen this? And her eyes bulge. in like, oh, you know, what's happened? And that totally threw me because all the way through this episode she did great with her uh, shoe nuts with the miso caramel she came second in the technical it got to the showstopper and i just went well she's going home this like it's gonna there's gonna be a massive disaster and there wasn't they yeah. got me and i was so annoyed that channel four managed to get me on that one that's so annoying they got you with the editing there made you watch this week as if you weren't going to anyway oh, um, yeah, of course you know but yeah, it was an interesting thing, wasn't it? Paul again asserting his sort of bake-off power, being like playing that little thing of, oh, "Have you seen this down here?" and was like pointing to like the table or something, and she looked terrified as if she was about to get told off. And then his hand whipped out for the handshake, and she shook it and like fell to the floor. I mean, Paul yeah. must love it. And he said like, "Oh, I don't really like giving out handshakes." Shut up, Paul. Yeah, you do. You'd literally <laughs> love that power of making people absolutely like melt because you've given them a handshake. I mean, yeah. she he looked so happy, but he also liked she playing that did. game. 
Oh yeah, he did. He did. But I thought it was really clever editing because I just in the back of my mind was like, well, I know it's going to mess up because I've seen it in the preview. And um, it, but it was so nice for her to get the handshake for that. And, you know, particularly for that bake because of the, the story behind it. I think that's what got me. I was like, this is so nice. Yeah, yeah I loved it. And then when she called her family at the end, you know, unlike Jürgen, who no one picked up, sadly, that first week, um, Christelle, her whole family seemed to be there and were like whooping and like screaming. And it was so nice because she'd obviously discussed with them that she was going to make their nan's cottage and everything. So it must have been a really lovely thing to do. And it would have meant a lot to her that for that bake, she's been given a handshake. And it's really rare, rare that we get to see a handshake in the showstopper as well. Yeah, well, this is the thing. And again, I think we've said at some point in this series that we only really get handshakes in the signatures because the technical they don't know who it is and the showstopper they're sort of standing a couple of meters back from the table so we don't really get the big reactions in a showstopper so to get that is monumental you know that's huge um and i think no i don't think cynically actually i just i think it's it's really good that at this stage we have another like competitor for the final yeah. because you know we are six episodes in we had Jürgen got two star bakers Giuseppe got two star bakers obviously we had the odd chigs week uh, where he <laughs> got it and it looked like coming into the showstopper and looking at them I mean Giuseppe's one was absolutely fantastic could have very easily got star baker I think Jürgen could have got star baker you know he did really well in the technical and his pie was quite good so well it was dry wasn't it but um yeah, you know, I sat there and I thought, oh, either of those two could take it again. So it was really good when, and I'm, I'm never the one who says who got Starbaker, but I'm taking it this week. Do it. Uh, that Christelle got Starbaker this week, which was lovely. And it was, so it was just nice that at this stage in, we didn't have a predictable, oh, it's Jürgen again, or oh, it's Giuseppe again. And just makes it feel a bit more foregone for the final. Um, it was like, oh, Christelle's got it. Maybe she'll be in the final four now. You know, it was, it was really good. Yeah, it was good. And I thought, yeah, as you say, she was probably the, the right person to get it because it was mm. someone different. And she did do really well with that showstopper. And she did an interesting flavor combination at the beginning. And, oh, she was second in the technical too. Yeah, so she had a really technical. good week. So I think she yeah. was well-deserved. Um, the person to leave, though, this week, it was between George and Amanda. Again. And <laughs> again. And I was so surprised that it wasn't George and it was actually Amanda. And I thought Amanda's reaction, she was either like fighting off tears and didn't really want to show her emotion or she was just genuinely annoyed. I know. I, I was thinking it's the police officer in her. She yeah. didn't want to show the emotion. It was the stony face. Um, I, to be fair, I couldn't call it from that one. I felt that it was going to be Amanda because her showstopper was worse yeah. in, in in the way it was. But, you know, she was slightly ahead of George in the technical and you know her shoe nuts weren't too bad either you know neither of them were too bad so I think it could have been uh, it really could have been either to be fair yeah um so Lizzie saved herself but I, I don't know I did find myself feeling a little bit like oh Amanda okay you know it wasn't as foregone as it normally is and I was kind of shocked when it was her exactly George was saying that he felt like as soon as they started talking about okay it's a sad time someone's got to leave because we've become really attached to them he said that he was saying in his head George George George, George. and then when they said Amanda he must have been like oh my god I'm here another week so it will be interesting to see if he does sort of step his game up next week for caramel week and sees you know whether he can actually stay in because I feel like George unfortunately is a bit of a cert to go out next week really because it was so close this week um unless yeah. someone does something 
horrendous next week, which we always hope for. Um, <laughs> I can see it, seeing it being George Go. So I think, mm. yeah, okay. I was shocked a bit, a bit that it was Amanda from over George but you're right the showstopper did mean that it was her so next week I feel like it's going to be George definitely but I do have yeah. a, a part of me hopes that he ca carries on and uh, just ends up at the final you know I'd love That'd that be great it'd be yeah. Laura all over again <laughs> um no I think yeah he, he I mean he he's the one to beat next week isn't he for everybody really because yeah. they've just got a place above him and he's got to go home um, I think what will be really interesting two things the preview for next week you say caramel week yeah never had that before excited very so excited, excited. it's like because the thing is sugar and caramel they have bits of it every year and it always goes wrong because it's too hot or what you know and this week would have been perfect because it was raining um, but yeah so I think it's going to be interesting but there wasn't any sort of major drama in the preview so that makes me think that it's going to sort of run its normal course and George will go out but then I can't call who's going to be knocked out before the final because I don't, obviously the only person, if George goes out next week, the only person who hasn't got Starbaker then is Lizzie. Yep. Um, it's only Lizzie and George who haven't got them now, but she does have episodes where she's great. I know. It is a bit difficult. I think that, well, I, I still think the final is going to be Jurgen, Giuseppe and Christelle. That's my mm. uh, thing. We did say Chiggs a few weeks back because of his Starbaker, but you know, he's still a little bit rusty, you know, with his soggy bottom this week and everything. So I think it's going to be Christelle and Jürgen yeah. and Giuseppe. And it, it might be quite a hard one to call really in the final. So my guess, George next week, then Lizzie, then Chiggs, and then it's the three yeah, left. Possibly. I'm just having a look. So in terms of, because you know, they have like the star baker and the person who goes, but also they have like the top and bottoms as well. Yeah. So Chiggs has been in the, uh, has been a favourite baker once and a star baker once. Same with Christelle. Mm. So very level playing. Yep. Um, Giuseppe has had two star baker and has been a favourite baker every other week. So he's not <laughs> been in that safe middle zone. Yeah. Jürgen's had two star bakers and two favourites and two safe weeks. Uh, and Lizzie has had five safe weeks. So she's never been in the bottom. That's you good. Know, in, the, in, the, in, in the risky position. Um, but she's only been a favourite baker once and hasn't got star baker. So, yeah, you'd argue that it's sort of, yeah. Mm. Oh, and George, I didn't even mention because... He's going out next week, isn't he's he? He's going next week. Poor so George. So <laughs> <laughs> well, Caramel Week, th those five seconds at the end of the episode, which you said are your most favourite. Um, it yeah. did look quite good, though, what they were going to have to make. It looked like they were doing some sort of, like tart at the beginning i don't know if it's going to be like a treacle tart or i don't know but there was someone had mm. a short cross pastry case in there i was i was looking because we always get to this part and i'm like oh god i don't remember so i was like right we're gonna have to look we can't disappoint really the in the mix fans again by not remembering <laughs> what's on the next week and it looked like they were gonna do um sort of like a dome sugar work showstopper yeah. maybe it's like a snow globe or something that's my guess and then they Could were having be. to make for the technical they said like 10 chocolate fingers but they didn't look like chocolate fingers they look like twixes so maybe they, it's gonna be gonna say. a sandwich jammy biscuit <laughs> all over again what's it gonna be it's gonna be a layered chocolate caramel finger biscuit um nice good guess get, good guess yeah get those in now 
Um, yeah. I also think they were making honeycomb at one point as well. Like it's gonna yeah. be interesting to see the different things. But yeah, no, that was definitely a Twix. That was it was definitely. definitely a Twix. I know. So we're gonna go with. So you went. You had layered in there. I think I'm gonna go with like a chocolate and caramel biscuit finger. Is what I think they're gonna call it. Uh, yeah, please, listeners, please, if you've got an idea of what <laughs> they're gonna do before next week, please let us know what the uh, non-advertising version of a Twix is gonna be and what they're gonna call it. Um, because it'd be very funny, and we want to see who wins. I feel like we've nailed it. If it's not a Twix and it's just a chocolate finger, I'm gonna be really disappointed Boring. now. But there's got to yeah. be caramel in there, surely. Exactly. It's got to be. I mean, what else do you have? You have like a drifter bar. That's that's wafer instead of biscuit. No, it's going to be a Twix. It is. It's going to be a Twix. You, and do you know... Mars. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's Twix. It's definitely Twix. No, it's Twix. So we've committed to Twix. it now. I know. Twix. How can you make 10 Mars bars in a time? No. Mm. Um, but you know what everyone should get. And it's not a hashtag ad. It's just my personal recommendation. Here the Whisper go. Gold Hazelnut <laughs> for next week for Caramel Week. It's the perfect snack. So if you're going to bake, bake something, but also get your Whisper Gold hazelnut. It's great. I'm going to the supermarket in a couple of hours. I'm literally going to video myself buying one of these and put it on social media. Please do. I'm going to put that on our Instagram account, which is <laughs> at Bake Off Pod. If you want to follow us, we post lots of uh, ridiculous clips from the podcast, sort of share some of the behind the scenes photos. And one of my favorite things that uh, we've started doing is finding some of the funny tweets that they put out every week for the Bake Off. Yes. They're very amusing. It does make me laugh. Lots of, lots of it is Jürgen looking like Winnie the Pooh, but we get some funny sort of funny tweets on there too, which I like. So I recommend following that. Exactly. Well, JP, we've nattered on a lot about Pastry Week this week just because there was a lot of drama in the end, so we have to. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, thanks for joining me again, and I'm looking forward to Twix Week next week. <laughs> <laughs> now are you a left twix or a white twix that's the thing isn't it Which... they're the same come on 